Good morning, people of God. Oh, what a beautiful day the Lord has given us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Welcome to worship. For those of you new to us this morning, my name is Pastor Dave Parker, and we are so blessed to have you all here today. Uh, for those of you joining us online, we'll be practicing uh, and having Holy Communion this morning, so we invite you to find some bread and some wine or juice following our time of confession. And our hope for you this morning is that you experience the risen Christ in your life through song and scripture and prayer and a message of hope, which, tomorrow, which this morning will deal with uh, the relationships that we have in our lives. Uh, a few quick announcements. We have a number of opportunities to dig deeper and grow in some of those relationships. First off, we are back to our Wednesday night programming for our 4th through 8th graders with Fuse and Confirmation. Classes start at 6.30. If you have any more questions, talk to me after worship today. Our men's Bible study starts back up this Saturday morning at Leo's Coney Island on 22 Mile and Hayes. If you have more questions about that, this young man here, Don Ballou, wave... Yep, right here. Uh, we'll have any answers you uh, for any questions you have for that. Our book club is reading the book Salito, and they invite you to join them for conversation. They're going to be gathering next Monday night after worship at 7.30. Uh, and then also, if you can't do nights, Tuesday morning at uh, 10 a.m., I believe. Uh, the sign-ups for that are out in the entryway. We invite you to let us know if you have an interest in that. And if you do... Lisa Beauvais, our small uh, small groups director, has all your answers for that. Finally, we're starting a a new opportunity on our Monday night worships. Uh, So we're still meeting at 7 o'clock, but we're going to do things differently. Instead of it being the same experience or trying to do the same as as a Sunday morning and having the same message and the same songs... We're really mixing it up. So we're going to meet in a different space here at King of Kings. We're going to have different songs. We're going to have a different message. One that is more intimate and uh, more personal and more reflective. And so we're going to kind of turn our entryway into a worship experience. And so if that is something that you might be curious about, we invite you to join us starting tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. So even if you come on a Sunday morning or you hear a message online, Monday nights will be different. And we invite you to come check that out if that sounds interesting to you. With all that, I invite you to stand up as you are able and greet the neighbors you have around you. If you're joining us online, I invite you to give a quick hello in the chat. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, enliven and preserve Your church with Your unending mercy. Without Your help, we will fail. Remove us from everything that is harmful and lead us toward all that gives true life and salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, and all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're saying goodbye to summer. (laughs) 
And kicking off this new school year, it almost feels like in a lot of ways we kind of start over again every fall. And so it's good for us to take some time and to reacquaint ourselves with some of the basics on being around people and how we can grow ourselves along with our relationships. And for me, that all starts with how we communicate with one another. So, it got me thinking. Can you believe how much communication has changed over the last, I don't know, 50 years, let alone the last 20 years? I mean, for whatever reason, I feel like half of the conversations I had throughout this past week had me either saying or at least thinking, well, back in my day... Does that happen to anyone else? Yeah, okay. Great. Everyone with wider hair than me. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, one conversation we had in the office was about typewriters, right? Remember back when we had typewriters and how awful it was to have to use liquid paper to erase any problems that we had and how obvious it was when we had to make those corrections. Yeah. Or if we wanted to bold a word, we had to literally punch it harder, right? Or hit it once, make it go back and hit it, hit the same letter again and go back, hit the same letter again so it would show up darker. Remember those days? Or telephones. I can still remember that phone hanging on the kitchen wall in our house growing up. It was a big old clunky rotary phone with a, a cord that hung all the way down to the, past the floor. It curled up on the floor because back then you had one phone on the entire top floor and it had to reach every corner of the house. We literally did the song and dance of who's going to get clotheslined next if someone was on the phone. And remember that because long distance costed so much, we depended on letters going through what we call snail mail now, right? Going through the post office to hear how relatives were doing. It was always such a huge occasion to get extended family together for Christmas or Easter so we could actually catch up with one another about what happened throughout their year. Those were the days before such things as internet or cell phones or iPads or as my sons call it, The dark ages of ancient times. I'm called ancient about a half dozen times every week. That's just, that's our reality. But nowadays, it's a whole new story. There are all sorts of ways to communicate, which is, which is great. We have a world at our fingertips. At the same time that I can pull out my phone, I can text a friend who is on a different continent, I can FaceTime with my parents in Minnesota, and I have the world at my fingertips on the internet that I can look up any answer that I need to. I can even just say, hey Siri, and the computer will find the answer that I want to have. All this new technology has created this huge social network where we are more connected than ever before, and yet we really don't have to communicate as much as we ever have before. The art of communication is all but lost for so many of us and has created some really, well, interesting obstacles. A friend of mine posted, uh, shared on Facebook once, that uh, I thought summed up our communication problem of this decade. 
said this, as the latest hurricane prepares to batter Florida once again, federal disaster officials have warned that the internet outages could force people to interact with each other for the first time in years. Residents are bracing themselves for the horror of awkward silences and unwanted eye contact. FEMA has advised, be prepared. Write down possible topics to, to talk about in advance. Sports, the weather. Remember, a conversation is basically a series of Facebook posts put together. Yeah, it seems to me like as our technology gets better, our communication gets worse. And by that I mean our, our face-to-face interactions and conversations and connections. You see, simply put, God created us to be in relationships. God, God's self is a relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the three in one comes in a package deal. And like I said last week, if we are created in the image of God, then we are meant to be in relationships. Relationships matter so much to us here at King of Kings, it's literally part of our mission statement. Whether we are introverts or extroverts, in a good mood or in a not-so-good mood, it's vital that we, that we uh, know others and that we are known by others. And all that happens by way of a lovely thing called communication. Unfortunately for some of us, communication is not always our strong suit. In fact, I, I know, or I knew, communication majors in college that were awful at communicating. In fact, most of them were football players because it was an easier major. Where oddly enough, most of us spent more time grunting than we did actually using words <laughs> as communication majors. So this morning, the Bible reading that we get to hear has to deal with communication. And in particular, how to deal with conflict that we have in relationships. Because the reality is, to be in relationship with someone means you're going to come across times when you do not agree. Times when you're not on the same page. Challenging times relating to one another. Whether it be a a disagreement or an accountability issue or, or being hurt by something someone has said or done. They happen all too often between husbands and wives and friends and neighbors, between siblings and, yes, even between fellow sisters and brothers in Christ at church. Apparently it's always been this way because from the book of Matthew, Jesus has this conversation. He teaches people back then and us this morning the art of communication. So we're going to, I don't know, take a little pointer here. We're all going back to school. It's not fair that just our kids get to have all the fun. So this morning we're going to learn from Jesus from the book of Matthew, chapter 18. I invite you to follow along on the screen. Where Jesus says this, If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you've regained that one. But if you're not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen to the church, let one, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, 
If two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So apparently before there was uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, before there was Dr. Phil and Oprah, there was Jesus. That's right, our very own Lord who provided uh, miracles and and fed the hungry and, and healed the sick, apparently was also a relationship guru. So this morning from chapter 18 from the book of Matthew, Jesus sits down with his followers and offers a quick course. Three steps to healthy communication. And like I said, it's only fitting that we sit in on class too. So, listen up. These are good little lessons for us to learn and put into practice in our lives. Step one. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault. And wouldn't it be great if Jesus stopped right there with that sentence? If someone wrongs you, go and make sure they know about it. Seems like we do that pretty well. You have wronged me. You better sit down and listen. You don't agree on something that I think? Well, let's point out why you're wrong. And what's the first thing we do when somebody hurts us? We go and point out their faults, don't we? And sometimes we even point them out in front of other people just to make sure that they know how wrong they are. We all know those sentences that begin with, you'll never guess what I heard today. Or, oh my gosh, can you believe they just did? Yeah, I'd say we got a pretty good handle on pointing out people's faults. But Jesus didn't stop there in that sentence. He continued. He said, go and point out that fault when the two of you are alone. Well, now that's a little bit more challenging. You mean I can't call up my BFF and and vent all my frustrations first? I can't go and, and rally the troops against my sister so that my family's on my side? No, Jesus says. Before you get anyone else involved, go right back to that person that you are at odds with, one on one, share your feelings, point it out in a loving way. In other words, give them the benefit of the doubt. Hope that they'll care enough to listen that they're going to want to work it out with you. I'll even take it a step farther from one of my premarital classes. This is a bit of, little bit of review for Fred and Catherine because they just got married uh, two, two weeks ago here. Congratulations. One week. It was last Saturday. Eight days ago. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, one of the classes that we talked about was through the art of communication, uh, through every conversation we have, imagine that there is a finger. Hopefully a pointer finger, not another one, right? Okay. There is a finger that points. Okay? And the second that we use the word you to start off a conversation or an argument or whatnot, okay, that finger is pointing at you. Away from me, and I'm pointing at you. You didn't wash the laundry. You made us late. And anytime you use a you, what does that cause the other person to do? To have to defend themselves, right? Now it's me against you. And the other person will do one of two things. They will fight or flight. You will have an argument or they will run from it. 
Welcome to every blow-up you have ever had with, with a spouse or, or a friend or a family member. I guarantee you, somebody started with the word you at some point. So instead of using the word you, we talk about using the word I. Using an I statement. I feel frustrated when the laundry is heaped up. I feel anxious when we are rushed because we're behind. Do you hear the difference? Same topics, the laundry's not done and we're late, but that finger went from saying you're the problem to I have feelings about this. I'm frustrated or I'm anxious. And all of a sudden, because this finger is pointing this way, now you get to be part of the solution and it's an us against the world instead of me against you, right? All with how we phrase our our thoughts. The moment we say you, I'm attacking. The moment that I say I, you don't have to disagree with me. I'm inviting you into problem-solving. We can figure it out together. Do you hear the difference? Amen? From my own experience, just doing that alone, using I statements instead of you statements, would have taken care of the majority of my issues with communication. If only that could solve them all. But sometimes confronting one, uh, one-on-one doesn't turn out the way we expect, right? Just like the father of this five-year-old who apparently found out uh, this young boy was seen by his father roughly jerking their dog's leash. The father quickly stopped him, explaining why he shouldn't be doing that, and then angrily saying, Do you want to tell me how sorry you are? To which the five-year-old replied, Well, I don't know how much you saw. So what happens if the person who's done wrong or that we're at odds with doesn't respond the way we're hoping? What if they aren't sorry? What if they refuse to hear you or to to see it your way? Then it's okay to talk about them behind their back, right? Wrong. Apparently Jesus saw this coming too, which leads us to step two. If you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If If necessary, bring trusted, caring listeners with you as you communicate. Notice I said listeners, not ammunition. We do that too, don't we? We bring others with us that will be on our side so that we can really beat this down into that person. But what Jesus here is offering is saying, bring a couple of people that can, I don't know, mediate. That can sit in the middle of the conversation and hear both sides and care more about the resolution instead of the winning. Still with me? And the off chance that doesn't do the trick yet, Jesus gives us step three. Get the whole church involved. Woo! That sounds like fun! Again, not to cause a bigger battle, not to have people pick sides and create divisions in the ranks, but instead, out of love and support, you include more people to have more wisdom, to have more love from others who understand that relationships are hard. If only the issues that we as a greater church could be seen from that perspective. We're going to talk about this because we matter to each other instead of being more concerned about who's right and who's wrong. 
Most of the issues that we experience in our lives are divisive. We see it in politics, we see it in churches, we see it in our personal lives. And it's very easy to say, well, I disagree with you, to heck with you, I'm leaving. We saw that a lot over the last three years in particular in the response to COVID. But what if instead we took the opportunity to say, can we talk about this? Because this matters. Because relationships matter. You do not have to agree with me on everything that I say or do. It's okay. We can still be really in relationship. Right? We do not have to all be on the same page as a congregation. There's room for, for everyone. As long as we're willing to have those conversations and not lectures. Now, I can't promise these three steps will solve every relationship and communication problem that you're ever going to have, but they will resolve the vast majority and at the very least help get things off your chest so you can sleep again at night. Because the truth of it is that even though it sounds simple and logical, we all know that people have wronged us. When that happens, it's hard to move on. It's hard to forgive. It's hard to reconcile. And perhaps at the end of the day, we can be thankful that Jesus is more than just a giver of advice or some relationship guru, but instead can do things that we can't. That God can actually be all-powerful, all-forgiving, all-loving, even when we can't. And I think Jesus knew that too. So he continues with one more little key insight. And he says, if you've tried all these angles and there's still disharmony... Let such a one be to you as a Gentile or as a tax collector. Now, for that community back in first century Israel, I'm going to guess that they heard that as, kick them out. A Gentile, they're evil, right? The tax collectors are the worst. Get rid of them. If you can't resolve your conflict, kick them to the curb. But coming from this new radical rabbi here, and everything else that Jesus teaches and preaches and does in his life, I have a hard time believing that Jesus says, just give up on someone. I don't see anything else in Scripture where he actually gives up on someone else. So why would he say, just kick him to the curb? If we take a moment and actually consider the people with whom Jesus spent the majority of his time with, the people who he welcomed to his table, who were they? Gentiles and tax collectors. So what if we flip that part around and say, okay, none of this other stuff worked. I tried to meet with this person one-on-one. I tried bringing a few people together to to have a mediator. I tried bringing this to a larger group of caring individuals. And nothing worked. I like to think Jesus says, treat him like a Gentile or a tax collector and bring him to me. It's not about kicking him to the curb. It's about saying, let me work on this. Let me break bread together with them. Let me love on them. Lift them up in prayer. What if we did that? The people that we despised the most in our lives and just said, Lord, I'm going to pray for them. That's life-changing stuff.
After all, his final words in our reading this morning are his promise to us. Where two or three are gathered, I am among them. Notice Jesus says gathered, not, not where two or three are in perfect agreement or where two or three have the same exact views on an issue. Simply said, he says, when there are two or three gathered, you're going to find me in the middle of it. And to me, that is a promise that you, you and I can, can cling to today. That as we refuse to take the easy way out, as we struggle to restore and grow our relationships, Jesus is there with us in the midst of it to support, to love, to forgive, to give us the strength that we need to better communicate with each other. And that regardless of how that communication goes, Jesus is there. So may you, dear ones, not only hear these words as a a plan to use as we navigate relationships, but also hear these words as a word of hope today. That because Jesus is with you in, in all of the times that you gather with others, there is always the chance for new life and for love and forgiveness to break in and break through. And so just as in all things, with God there is always a way. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we can't thank You enough for the gift of today. We thank You for this opportunity to to not only be worshiping together, but to hear Your Word, to be challenged by it, to be invited into it. Lord, whether there are times right now or relationships right now in our lives or or there will be in the future, because there always will be, the relationships that maybe aren't going so well, that have fallen through the cracks, or that are at odds with each other. Lord, may You take these and offer us a new heart, or a new perspective, and a new opportunity to either restore them or to offer them up to You We know that relationships matter to You. And we know that we need them desperately in our lives. Lord, send Your Spirit to be with us in these uh, relationships and in this art of communication. That trusting that You are with us, we can focus more on what we have in common than what has driven us apart. We ask all this in Your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able. Remembering the caring and generous works of God, we now pray for the church, for creation, and for the needs of our neighbors. At the end of each prayer, I will say, God of grace, please respond with, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Hold us accountable, O God. Show your church where repentance is needed and lead us in paths of intentional compassion and listening. Help us extend hands of reconciliation and care, especially in relationships with other Christians and people of other faiths. God of grace, hear our prayer. Reveal your miracles to us, O God. Move us to cherish you as we behold the wonders of creation. Renew the seas and the soil, the forests and the creatures that live in them. Turn us to ways of living, that seek earth's thriving. God of grace, hear our prayer. Inspire us to lead with honor, O God. 
guide judges and legislators, police and government officials to create and uphold just laws. Move us to treat all people with dignity and guide our conversations with one another. God of grace, hear our prayer. Help us comfort those who suffer. Reassure any who are harmed by the wicked acts of others. Bring peace to all who are vulnerable, frightened, despairing, or sick, especially those we name now, either silently or out loud. Anita. Jack. Guard their waking and their sleeping. God of grace, hear our prayer. Awaken us, O God. Challenge and encourage your people to value the vocation in which each is called. We pray for all discerning new possibilities or for changing employment. In all our diverse callings, teach us to love our neighbor above all else. God of grace, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words through Jesus Christ our Lord who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We now take a moment to reflect on our week and confess those times when we have failed to live as God invites us and calls us to live. And so we confess using these words together. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now hear these words, dear children of God. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for us. And for His sake, God forgives us all of our sin. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people say, Amen. I invite you to take out your communion kits. Or for those of you at home, to take out your bread and your juice or wine as we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. We begin with the bread. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. The body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen.
People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and keep you this day. Keep you always in God's grace. And all of God's people said, Amen. As always, big shout out and thank you to all of you who continue to support us both in prayers and in service and in uh, your finances. Our offering buckets are on your way out. You can also put your yellow slips in there to let us know you were with us. Uh, as well, there is a QR code at the end of worship for all of you joining us online. It all adds up to how we can better serve our community and our neighbors outside these walls. So thank you. Finally, may you receive this blessing. <clears throat> May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of His hand. Amen. With that, people of God, may you go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.